You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. As we said in Parshas Vayeshev, the Torah writes that Er was Ra. Now, Er, of course, was married to Tamar, but he was Ra. We know he didn't have children, but he was bad, he was evil, by Miseyu Adonai. Onan then was told by his father to have sexual relations with his brother's wife as Yibum. There should be a child. And we know that Onan, we know what he did. He realized that if there would be a child, it would all be considered like perhaps even a, uh, an extension of the dead man. It would be connected to air. So because of that, so um, what he did was he, he might have had sexual relations with her, but he did not consummate in the way that he could impregnate her. God considered this, again, evil in his God's eyes. We learned the Raubag last week, and the Raubag explained that what we see from this story is two things, he says. One thing is, sometimes, even though you are a family, and you are someone who is <clears throat> who has been used to living in a level that God protects you from the the bad effects that occur to the rest of the regular plebeians. Sometimes you can do something that will cause God to say, "You're losing it," and you will end up dying, even though you weren't necessarily meant to die. Because what happened was that. Because they did something that was not proper. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody who does what they did dies. It just means that events happen to kill people, to allow people to die earlier than they should. Those events happen. Normally, tzaddikim are protected from that. Here, despite how they had lived up until that point, this act was considered severe enough not to be get the death sentence, but that you could die when it wasn't your time. That is the first shot that Robag says. The second thing he says is that God did kill them, but he killed them not because the act of not of, of, of not procreating, of spilling seed, is worthy of death, but we were worried that, especially because of Yehuda's role as a leader and his family, who shouldn't learn from them? The rest of the B'nai of Jacob, the rest of the Israelites, as it would be. Because they would see because it was pretty obvious that Tamar wasn't getting pregnant. It was obvious they were treating her as some sort of sex object. Or it was obvious that uh, Onan did not consummate. And people would then see them and learn from them and be drawn in by the negatives of the Kanani atmosphere. Because we know the Kananim who lived in Eretz Yisrael, were very steeped in sexual activity, the Raubag says. We know that from later in the Torah, how terrible they were. So clearly, despite the fact that what they did was not worthy of being killed, they needed to die in order that the rest of the people wouldn't be drawn further into the atmosphere that was anyway surrounding them. And the Ralbag then says, and if that would happen, the whole reason why God gave the command, which was not really the mitzvah, but it was sort of like a protective measure of having bris milah, and boy, that was a lot of effort and energy went into that, 
that purpose might go awry. It might actually not happen. The, the proper things might not occur if th- we don't kill Aaron Onan. As he says, The kavana that God had in mind was not to give a mitzvah, but to protect them from the, the atmosphere, that they should become ready to get the Torah hundreds of years later. But if Erev Onan started being influenced by that type of mentality, everyone else, would that would happen too. So that's the reason why they died below Ito. Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. The Rabag does not believe that masturbation and these things are the worst Averis in the world. He do, and, and we're going to see why he doesn't believe that. But he doesn't believe this passage justifies it anyway. There might be other reasons why it's evil enough what they did. Because it's clearly not a good act. Nobody, Rabag, Rabbi Yona, thinks that we should be, all right, masturbation is great. Uh, being Mozavado is great, birth control, whatever it is, no one thinks that that is good. The question is, how bad is it? How bad is it on an objective scale when we speak about it and we want to try to tell our children about it and we want to try to codify it? That's really the question. What Air did, Onan is clearly, Bob, that might have been God's intent and it wasn't necessarily perceived by everybody as that. It might be that there were some people who saw Yehuda as being punished, like Reuven, and others that said, boy, I, I guess I shouldn't do that. Many times the death of a person, a young person, has a lot of different interpretations. And I would assume, I could even accept what you're saying, that some of the, especially Reuven, who felt he was usurped, might have felt that this was deserving punishment for Yehuda for going along with everybody else and selling Yosef and not saving him. On the other hand, I could also assume that some of the other children and others, especially the ones of the next generation, not Ruvain, but Ruvain's children, the other children who discovered that their cousins died, right, and they died after this act, they might have been scared to start acting like the rest of the Canaan as well. So I think that, okay, Bob, so I think I've answered your your point. Okay. The first thing is, let's talk about this thing that's called God kills you. Now, Rabbeinu Yone in the Shar Shlishi says that this is the sixth worst type. In other words, this is an act that is the sixth most serious. He starts with the Rabbonans, as we saw a number of weeks ago. Then he talks about mitzvah saseh, and then different types of lows saseh. He then gets to the sixth level. And this is the 107th little passage in the Shar Shlishi. That's this Kuf Zion here. Misa Bidei Shamayim. Okay. Now, the first thing you're going to want to know is, what's the difference between Misa Bidei Shamayim and what we call Kares? Right? Kares ti Kares. Right? We know that there is something, Kares is all over. When it comes to not getting a Prismila, not doing the Korban Pesach, many of us eating on Yom Kippur, Nikrasa Nefeshahi. What is the difference between getting your nefesh cut off and misa bidei shamayim? So he says, Rabbeinu Yonah, other Rishonim disagree, but it's a big discussion what exactly the difference is. But here's Rabbeinu Yonah's take on it. Kores affects your children. Misa affects you. Uba'onesh hakores hu vizaro nichras. If it's kares, you die and your children. Ulam, Omer Rabbeinu Zechoyinu Mevrocha, ki al inyan echad, there is one way, v'al tzad, and in some measure, yinosei chomer amisim edei shamayim in a kares. Misim edei shamayim is worse than kares. What's that? Ki mishu chayiv misim edei shamayim, olem ovis pechalon osov. It's good for Halloween night. Death, Rises in that window. Well, death is everywhere. What does that mean? Not his children, but death is happening around him. Ubalechayim, the other animals, Mikne, Kinyono, his 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 sheep, his goats, right? They're dying. 
All of a sudden, his cow is just going out. Bessie is just going out, and you know, to 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 graze in the in the in the unchar in that area, the afer. Like it's just like a an area that's out there clearing, and all of a sudden, Bessie's dead. right? His his rooster is is goes out into the into the place where all the they throw all the the junk material and goes to eat there. Oh, I found his rooster is dead. The adopic and death is all around him. Ah, colossal something gets to him. So there's death signs everywhere. That doesn't happen by Kares. That happens with Misabide Shamai. Okay. That's one thing. I thought that's pretty cool. Okay. Second, another difference between that, now that we know what Misabide Shamayim is, he says, the truth is, Chazal are sort of, it's not, it's, 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 it's choruses, um, it doesn't get, like Ronnie Dage would say, yeah, <laughs> I get no respect. Mizlishmaim doesn't get the respect that Chorus does, right? Chorus, there's a whole Masechta, all about these are things you're Chayv Chorus for. And there's 36 of them mentioned all in a row. Chayv Mizlishmaim doesn't get that. Nisteruba Mishnah makes us, some of them are in the Mishnah. Some of them are in the Mishnah, but there's no, the Rebbe didn't decide, yeah, right? The, here, here's your Masechta called Masechta's Misa. No, there's Masechta's Krasus, and these are things your Chayv Kari's for, and we know what they are. Here's the list. All you got to do is follow the Mishnah to the Rambam, and you know what your Chayv, what your Chayv Kari's for. That's not true about Misa B'day Shemayim. Some are, some are in the Mishnah, for example, eating Tevel. You know what Tevel is? That's if he doesn't know, or Benyoni tells you, who it's produce that you didn't take the trumas and maestros from it. And, of course, that's only produce from Israel. And another one that's mentioned in the Mishnah is a Kohen Tameh that eats truma, or any Zor that eats truma is Chayev Misa, Bidei Shamayim. That's in the Mishnah. But V'yesh Behem, then he says, Asher Beiru Asam Raboseinu. They're not clear in a Mishnah somewhere, but the rabbis do tell that to us, not in the codex of a Mishnah, codified with a list, or in the Masechta dealing with that subject, but in some Agadita sections of Chazal, they do tell us that. It's still the same rabbis, not in their Mishnaic halachic hats, but sometimes in their Musr hats, teaching us things, Bigemara and the Midrashim. And most of them are interestingly extracted from a Pusik. For example, here's a, here is something that according to the Gemara, Yerchai of Kares, Misamidei for. What is that? Ma'ana, it's a mechilta in, in Shemos, that ma'ana almana v'yosem. If someone tries to take advantage of a widow because she doesn't have a, a, a wage earner anymore, and tries to, because she had to come to you for a loan, or whatever it is, to, to try to take advantage of her, to try to push her around, or someone without parents. Your chayv misa b'day shamayim, Rabbi says. How do we know that? From a pasuk in the Torah. Because the pasuk says, Kol im If they, if you do inui to them, if you pain them, hurt them, try to take advantage of them, try to force them to accept high interest rates or um, take advantage of an almana. And, and you know, that, and, and, and you treat her in such a cruel way because you know she doesn't have a protector. If they scream to me, I will hear them. I will hear their cry. And I'll cause you to die by sword. What does that mean, I'll cause you to die by sword? There's always going to be wars going on, but I'm going to arrange it that somehow the Cossack with the scimitar is somehow going to come and kill you. And you know what's going to happen? And now, although you're dead, your wife will know what it's like to be an almana, and your child will know what it's like to be a yotam. So Rabbeinu Yona codifies this in his Shari Chuba as one of the Averos that Yerchai of Misa B'day Shamayim. Now, you could say, wait, wait, wait. 
it's not the Avera of being mean. It's that God listened to their prayers. So Rabbein says, but we know Chazal tell us that Echad HaTzoek ve'echad she'eno tzoek. Even if the Almana is a tough girl and she doesn't cry to God and she, she, she bites her lips and she takes it, you're still chayim misundei shamayim. The onesh of ma'ana yosem v'almona is even if they don't turn to God. Achas doso. This the same din. Im tzok yitzak ha'mesana tachas yodo. Whether the one that you're trying to hurt and push around cries to God or even takes it with a stiff upper lip and does and, and just takes it. Avol, the mechilta says, mimharim liparamimenu. You're going to get punished quicker if they scream. But you see from the Chazal, based on the Pasuk, that anyone who does this is ma'ana, a yosam, or an almana, is listed, just like a person who eats tevel, is chayiv misimidei shamayim. Okay? Similar, Ben Yonah has another one. What's that? Stealing. But who do you steal from? An ani. You steal from someone who has very little. Okay? Nasan Hanavi, by the way, did this, as you know, came to David HaMelech after the death of Uriah and came to him with a mushal about somebody who, who had his sheep stolen, right? And that's all he had, etc. So, but even without mentioning Nasan HaNavi's mushal, Rabbeinu Yonah is going to prove it from a Pusik. Let's take a look. If you steal from an Oni, what does the Pusik say in Mishwe? Don't steal from a poor guy because you figured, hey, the guy doesn't have a, a security force. The guy can't come after me. He's a poor guy. I could just grab it from him and, and run away. The Pussy says in Mishle. Hashem will fight their fight. The one who tried to grab from them that that was so dear to them, he'll take it away from the person who stole it. And what's he going to take away? The nefesh. He's going to kill the person who stole from the Ani. And Chazal say, You steal from a guy who has nothing, it's like you're taking his soul away. And again, bringing a Pesach in Mishle, when a person tries to, 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 to be a grifter, a, a rip-off artist, and he's taking from someone, He's taking money, made off in company, as nefesh bailov yikach. They're not just taking money from a person. They're taking their soul and what they put into it. Because pamim shemekapeach parnasosa, that's what the person needed to live on, Rabbi says. It's not just the sense of violation, which is one thing. But Rabbi practically says, sometimes for certain people, that amount of money is what was necessary for them to make, to make ends meet. And it can sometimes even be less than a shava pruta. In other words, it's not like the Ding Zela, the regular Ding Zela. The regular Ding Zela is only when you go Zela Shava Pruta. Less than that is a Mechila. But by an Ani who doesn't have anything, you're Chai of Misimidei Shamayim from stealing from him, even if it could be less than a Shava Pruta. Al Kain Dom Yechoshev Ishahu. Dom Shafach. He paraphrases the Pusik and Parshat's Achrimos. Im Gozel Mimenu Shava Pruta. So this is based on a Pasuk and Mishle, right? That this is one of the things, it's because, again, of the circumstances. And the Pasuk says, So you can see, I'm showing a pattern here, and, uh, and it gets more interesting, of what things are in Rabbeinu Yonah's eyes. Okay? Next, a Motzi Shemra. Now we know Moti Shemra is terrible. Spreading a false rumor about somebody? But are you chayiv misibadei shamayim for that? Mariona says yes. And it's based on a Gemara in Eirachim. What, what's the Gemara say? So this is not in a Mishnah, but it's, a, it's an Agadita. But it's based on a Pasuk. What does it say in Parsha Shlach about what happened to the Maragli? It says, V'yemusu anoshim motzei dibas ha'oretz ra'a Okay, that's Misibide Shamayim, right? So the Maraglim died with a Magaifa. God killed them straight off. So Chazal say in Erechin, make a Kalvachomer. 
They only spoke about land that didn't have feelings. So from Chazal, now you could say, like others, that they weren't just, they didn't motzi shemra on the land, they were motzi shemra on God. By saying that God, who took them out of Mitzrayim to bring them to this land that they couldn't conquer, that was, that was almost assuming God has no power. That was being motzi shemra on God. But this attitude was, it was they were talking about a land. They were talking about a human being. So for sure, Blue Gemara says, it should be the case if you're Motsi Shemra on a person. So it might only be one opinion in the Gemara, but Rabbi Yona feels that that's strong enough, that Kalvachomer, that he wants to list it as one of the things Rechaiv Misimide Shemayim for. Okay. He then backs that up with something else. The Parsh of Motsi Shemra. The parsha of Motzi Shemra, as you can see here in the big letters, that a man takes a woman, he's been engaged, meaning married to her, for a while. She's young. She's a young girl. She's only a Nara. She's only 12. He's been engaged to her for a couple of months. When he finally has relations with her, he realizes, boy, well, the Ralbag says probably the reason is she's ugly. She's never, she's not pretty. Uh, I didn't enjoy my night with her. He concocts a scheme. And what does he do? He says a shame ra about her. And he says, This woman, she's barely a woman, but enough of a woman. He says, I married her. She was my wife already. But it was time for us to have so, Chazal say, and, and, and Rabbeinu Yonah agrees to this, of course, that he doesn't just say that, but he has witnesses that he has hired to say that she has been Mizana, that she, as a girl living in her father's house, as a married woman living in her father's house, despite her young age, decided she got promiscuous and these are the ones who saw her having sex with some other man. So the parents get involved and they prove that this is not the case. They say this is a, this is a, this is a, uh, 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 this is a lie. This is a fiction. He just hates her. He says that she doesn't have any basulim, that she wasn't a virgin. Look, she was a virgin. Either they proved that she was a virgin on that night, or as Chazal say, that he shows that those Adim who were brought by the husband are false. Okay, they're Adim's own. What do they do once they realize this? They take the guy, the Yisruoso. They punish him. Chazal say they give him makos. They pay, he has to pay a hundred kesef. That's like two years worth of what, it, what a person can live off. And that goes to the father. Why? Because what did he do wrong? He was a mighty shemra. He said about her that she had had sex with somebody after she was married and that she ran around with other men. And now you're stuck with her. Now, the next Pusik says, but let's say he's not lying. Let's say it turns out that the Adim stand past the scrutiny. And then what happens? And she actually was fooling around after she was technically married. So then you take this young thing, El Pesach Beisavia, to her father's house, and she gets skila. Either Rashi says, by everybody watches it, and she dies because she did a novella, because she was Mizana while she was in her father's house. She was supposed to be a chaste married woman waiting for her husband and get rid of that evil. Okay, that's the parsha of Motzi Shemra. 
So I want to show you, Rabbeinu Yonah and Rabag both have interesting things to say about this. Rabbeinu Yonah says, you know what I see from this parsha? I see that we don't punish the guy and we don't lambaste him because he hired false Adam and he wanted to kill an innocent person. We could have said that. We could have said the reason why he's paying so much money and the reason why he's stuck with her is because you tried to kill her. It says, We don't say, hey, you were willing to let that girl die. You were trying to get her killed in Bezdin with Eide Sheker that you said happened because she was Mazana. We don't mention that. What does the Torah mention again? The Hotzol Shemra. So what do you see from there? That saying this lie about someone, about their uh, about what they did, about their character, about their past, about who their family is. That is a greater sin than wanting to kill him. That's worse than trying to kill her. Like we would have thought, right, that the, the, the man, look how cruel he is. He would let this woman die. Not so much that, right, that, right, that the bad name that she got and that she was a Mazana. But Rabbeinu said, but that's not what the Torah says. The Torah keeps on saying, because he was Motzi Shem Ra. You must see from there, Kitsar HaKlima Mar Mimovis. When you, uh, whether it's the steel dossier or whatever it is that you are going to foist about someone and, and spread it, that klima that occurs, that pain is worse than death. The type of embarrassment, that's the type of person you are. That's the type of family you are. That's the type of thing that can be, that's more bitter than facing your, your own death. And he says, Chazal say the same thing, that that's the reason why you get makos. You get makos and you pay because of being motzi shame ra. Not because you're a, a plotter to kill someone. Not because you're a, a guy who hired false witnesses, a kingpin who's trying to kill somebody. Rabbeinu then strengthens this by your Shalmi and Baba Kama, where it says, It says that if somebody is, his Shemra is that there's a mamzer in the family, that they're not miyuchosim. Turns out that it's a lie. That person can never get kapora, the Yerushalmi says. Why? You could just say motzi shemra about somebody. For example, in the case of the Torah, you didn't say anything about, it's true, there is a negative about the parents that they let their daughter be so promiscuous. But you didn't say that the parents are mamzerim or they come from avodim. You attacked a living person and you attacked their, uh, you attacked their dignity, you attacked their story about what their life is. You wanted to lahachfir, lahavish, you wanted to go deep and, 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 and ruin where you come from, that whole family tree, that's something that just doesn't, that affects hundreds and hundreds of people, and it gets in people's consciousness, and everybody will think that it's true for years. Because once it's out there, it's very hard to push back and say, oh, that was a lie. Hey, wasn't that the Mamzerim family? Wasn't that the family that were Mamzerim? And everyone's going to think about that for years to come. No one's going to remember the retraction. And because of that, the Rabbeinu Yonah feels he can prove is Incredible. Okay. The Raubag, I just want to, since we haven't mentioned him in a while, the Raubag on that Pusik, on those Psukim, actually has another Limud from that. Not about how bad Motsi Shemra is. What's getting the Raubag's interest is what happens if it's true. He says it's interesting. If it's true, Unlike almost any other place, we actually take her and kill her by her father's house. Why? He says, we want to embarrass her parents because they didn't give her the muster that she needed. Now, 
let's say if let's say she's an orphan let's say there is no base let's say her parents don't have a house okay we're going to take her to the city and kill her like it says by every nara murasa but that's also interesting we know that a nara murasa the rabbag says the din is skila but if she's already a married woman who's had an isuin, who's had an adulterous affair then the, then they get chenek which is a, a lighter punishment not as bad as skila so um He says, you need to know, even if she's not a Nara when this occurs, but she was a Nara then, she's going to get Skila. All right. And because of that, you see, the Torah is more Machmir. In other words, if she's not a Nara, if she's 14 or 15, this law doesn't apply. At least her death doesn't apply in the same way. The idea of killing her this way doesn't apply. I don't know if the rest of it applies. But the killing doesn't apply. It's only when she's a 12-year-old girl. It's only when she's in between 12 and 12 and a half and a virgin. that this And was a virgin, conceived to be a virgin up until this point, this applies. Why, the Ralbag says, is that there is so machmir on a nara besula murasa. You can have a 15-year-old Murasa who's married woman and you don't kill her in such a way. Or let's say you have one that has already been married and has been living with a husband. We don't. We give her chenek. We don't give her skila. Because if you're 12, married, and you have willfully submitted to some other man, that shows you that shows how exceptionally evil is her makeup. As soon as, right, like a Lolita, as soon as she was, was mature, she began, 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 what started to birth inside of her? What started, and this is the, um, the medieval uh, medical person thinking. What started to birth inside of her? Hamoser hazariba, the leftover zera. In other words, whatever formed her, whatever that, that seed and egg that met originally, it was sort of in, it was sort of in, in hibernation up until now. And now when that, when that hormone kicked in, to sort of get her to develop like a woman. And now that she's become, uh, she's hit her puberty. So that started to develop. And now that that, that started, not so was nus. It was so strong that it pushed her into, into sex. It pushed her into sex, even though im hiosa bilti odas adayin, tam mishkavanoshim. She doesn't even know what it is. She's just a little girl. She hasn't ever, she hasn't been sleeping around. She doesn't even know what that is to sleep with a man. She's a virgin. But as you can see, again, you can hear, this is a pretty, some people would find this Ravag a little bit sick. But look at the Ravag is saying. He's saying, this 12-year-old, because of, 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 look what's happened to her. She doesn't even know what it's like. It's not like she's been tempted before. It's not like she's, she's been with a man and therefore uh, she's, she's become addicted to that. She doesn't even know what it is. The little she didn't care about it. Lerov Taivosa, because she has so much Taiva, and she doesn't care. What about the Tsar, Hakorala? It's going to be painful to lose your virginity. for your Basulim to be, to be shattered. She doesn't care about that pain, which she probably understands is going to happen. Her girlfriends have told her that. The Laboshas, and what about the embarrassment? She she could be found out. She is a married woman. She is a 12-year-old girl who was a totally 100%, according to the Torah, married. Kedushin occurred. And now, if this gets out, this affair that she's having, this running with this wild character that she went with, the embarrassment's going to be incredible. Because you know why? Because she knows that she's about a couple months from now, 
the man she's married to is going to have the wedding night and he'll see there's no besulim there. Ki heder besuleha yeidu al znusa. So she knew that anyway, and she said, I'm still running around, and I'm going to submit to willful sex with this man. What does that show? You see that this puberty that, that developed, that Mosar Hazari, that, that excess energy of Zerah, that came maybe from her original conception, has pushed her, she's going to get worse. Tigdal Taivosa Yoser. Her Taiva is, 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 is a runaway train. Vitimole Haaret Zima. And girls like her are going to cause the whole country to be filled with this type of licentiousness. And think about it. Right? Because it's because of what she got and what she felt by sleeping with other men, even though the way, the way she was, she would not have been in pain. And she wouldn't have had any embarrassment. And that would have stayed the same had she remained the Basula. So because of the, the, the rotten apple that she is, and because of the amount of zima this shows, we treat it worse than any other sort of adulteress. And we, we give a point of being ba'artara mikirbecha. Now, again, I, I see, I think you're seeing a pattern here in the Raubag's way of thinking, right? You can see a pattern here, the way he talked about Erva Onen, what we can learn from that. And here too, it's, it's really incredible. I'm not saying that this is all they thought about, but Rabbeinu Yona looked at the Parsha of, of Motzi Shamra, and what did he take out of it? He took out of it how terrible it is to, 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 to impunge the, the dignity and the history and, 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 and the credibility of someone, how terrible that is. And Raubag actually took, took a lesson from when it's true, how terrible this sexual activity is and what that shows about this type of Lolita that needs to be uh, eliminated. I, I just thought it's really, it's really quite incredible. They both work very hard and very inventively to really extract something from it. Okay, now, so let's get to the point, though. The point is, is that Misa Bidei Shamayim is found in these type of places. So now we get to this. This is a language that's based on the Gemara Nida, which we're going to see. This is Rabbeinu Yona speaking. This is the 112th chapter of the third gate of Shara Antinokos, Somebody who is basically a child molester. Right? It's somebody who seems like he is a, a nice guy, the candy man. Right, but when the when the child shows up to get the candy and they talk to the child, the person is is joking, enjoying himself. The child might not know they're even being molested. But meanwhile, while that's occurring, while he's playing around with the child, what is he doing? Minaif bein biyadu bein berego. While he's like. The child is sort of like, oh, I can see her, whatever he's saying, some sort of lewd suggestion. The child doesn't even th- understand his lewd, but that's giving this guy such a turn on that he is masturbating at that same moment. That's what he's talking about here. Now, of course, we would say in today's sensibilities, not because of you know, what happened, but because of how he got there, right? The fact that he used another human being in such a disgusting way, that would be our sensibility. But Rabbi Yona, based on Chazal, is more keyed on, on the fact that this occurs. Menayef ben biyado ben Okay? And then he quotes, Then he quotes Chazal on that. 
Now, I'm going to show you the end of the Chazal, and then I, um, what he says about Chazal, then I'm going to show you the Gemara, where he gets it from. V'amru Chazal, ki dor Okay, so Chazal say that someone who, remember what we said before, someone who does this act, basically uses child, children to get his jolly, get his jollies. His punishment is like the punishment of the generation of the flood. Well, the generation of the flood were killed by God. That was Misa B'day Shamayim, right? And we know, So we know that's what the people in the flood did. They also did this perverse sex things. And therefore, anybody who does this, our child molester, a person who gets his jollies, the Gemara says, You're, you are like the person of the flood, the generation of the Mabal. The Mabal is all Misebideshamayim. Everyone died. So that's going to happen to you. What did Ervaonen do? So Chazal said, Rashi, of course, quotes it, it's, but it's pretty obvious in the Pusik. That's, that's not as, gru- as cruel and as, as creepy and kinky as the child molester. That's just someone who doesn't want his wife to get pregnant and wants to enjoy having sex with her, but doesn't want to consummate. Chayev Misa. Maybe even using a condom would be that. It's Chayev Misa. Shenemar, Vayera Be'ene Hashem, Asher Oso, Vayom So he quotes the Pasik, as I said before, about Er and Onen, to show you that this should also be. Again, it's not a mission anywhere, but it's from the Pasik. Okay. Also, it says on Hamotzi Mezerlavatola, a person who's Motzi Zerlavatola. Now, that's a third level. The first level is the creep. The second level is the the um, the normal sex guy who doesn't want to have kids. The third guy is the lonely guy who's masturbating. Who's that guy? That's also a Pusik Chazal say, is this Pusik in Yeshaya? Someone who gets, who gets heated up by these trees. Okay. That is Rabbeinu Yonah's uh, discussion about this. Now, the Gemara that he proves this from, what is, is it clear in the Gemara? Because I have postulated that the Raubag does not agree to this. That the Raubag says, the Raubag, would, if he would see this, he would have said, this is not true. I can't say I, enjoy, I agree with any of the three people. But this, you're not Chai of Misebidei Shamayim for that. As I, uh, now, let's see the Gemara and see if the Gemara uh, stands up. So we take a look in the Gemara. Here's the Gemara. The Gemara says in the beginning of Masech, the second parak of Midah, if you keep on checking your genital area to make sure that you're tummy or not, if you're a woman, that's good. Because this way we know that you're not a zava and we know exactly what's going on but if you're a man, though, tikotzates, we should cut that hand off. Umar says, why? Umar says, because women don't get turned on by just inserting a, 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 a handkerchief or whatever it is, a piece of material to check if they're bleeding or not. Whereas men checking the, 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 the tip of their uh, shaft to see if there's any uh, semen-like stuff coming out, that can get them excited. Umar says, okay. And that's why we don't want men to do that. Okay. The Gemara then says, The Gemara quotes, and Bob talked about this at the end of last week's shir. Rebbe Liezer, the Tana, if you touch your amo, you touch the shaft while you're urinating, ke'ilu maybe mabu la'olam. It's like you brought the mabul. 
So here we see, again, it's like the Mabul came. So here we have the Mabul implied. Now, obviously, it's only Ke'ilu. And it's only, right? It's not really the Mabul, but it's Ke'ilu. All right? Let's continue in the Gemara. Then the Gemara says that Umrul Rebbe Eliezer. They told Rebbe Eliezer, you tell me he shouldn't hold his shaft while he's urinating? If he doesn't hold the shaft correctly, then the, the urine is going to spill all over the place and he's going to have urine on his legs. And people will think he's a cross shavcha. People will think that he is someone who his, um, there's something wrong with his genitals and that he really can't, there's something wrong with his vests and, 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 and there. And because of that, that's, he really can't really have children. You see how cruel people are. The guy comes out of the bathroom and said, uh-oh, <laughs> that guy has something wrong with his urinating. He's probably has something wrong with that whole, his plumbing down there. He probably can't get the Zara out properly either. Uh-oh, he's got a bunch of kids. Those aren't really his. So Rebel Yezer said, I don't care. Let people say that his kids are mamzerim. And he shouldn't be a Russia in front of God. What's the guy doing? Okay, he's holding on in order to, to, to have a clear uh, flow of urine. That's Rishus. And that's, and, and then, and the Kolkach Lama, the Gemara says. So the Tana Rebeliezer clearly connects this to the Mabul. And because of what happens. In other words, now, and Rabbi Yochanan, the Amora said, So here, Rabbi Yonah has Rabbi Yochanan in his back pocket here. And he learns that from Erva Onan. Rabbi Yitzchok and Rabbi Ami says, You're like a murderer. What, 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 what proves you're like a murderer? The Pasuk Rabbi Yonah quoted. Shanemar. You inflame yourselves among the, I don't know what type of tree this is, terebinth tree, I don't know what type of tree that is, but tachas kolates ranon, under every green tree, right, who slaughter the children in the valleys. Okay, so nechamim somehow is interpreted by Rav Ami Rav Yitzchok and Rav Ami as like masturbation and um, and it's as if they have, have killed someone because it says it's like they're killing the seed now if you look at Rashi in the Pusik. Rashi says he admits to half of the drasha. Yes. They're somehow getting themselves heated up under the tree. But killing the children means they're going to do a carbon to Avodazara. They're going to slaughter the children to their gods, to the false gods. Doesn't mean that, that the masturbation itself is killing children. But the Gemara says. Even though it says shochte ayeladim, al tikre shochte, turn that into a sin. And what do you get? Not shochte, but sochet. Sochet means to squeeze. Okay? Don't have to get too graphic here, but you understand what it is. It's squeezing. Squeezing, squeezing, getting, and that, that's what kills the children. Squeezing kills. Squeezing is the shrita. And that's how you see that it's considered like murder. And Ravasi says, it's as if you did Avodah Zarah. 
because it uses a similar term. Ko Ranan is similar to the psukim that it says in the beginning of Devarim about the Avodah Zorah being everywhere. Tachas Ko Ranan on the Harim. So it uses the same Loshon in Yeshaya as it does in Devarim about Avodah Zorah. So what does Raubag do with this? Oh, by the way, um, so Raubag, clear, again, um, I just want to do one more thing on this. Um, the Gemara then continues with a brisa. There was a Amarav, Hamakasha Atzma Ladasi Benidu, a person who decides to give himself an erection. Benidu, he should be considered outside, he should be considered uh, excommunicated. The Gemara says, Lema Osir. Maybe we should just say it's Osir. Gemara says, why are we saying you have to excommunicate him? Gemara says, a guy who does that, he's a guy who is clearly going to build the Yetzirah up in himself. You know that person is? He's a bum. Because you know what? He's on his way to do the wrong thing. That's what the Yetzirah does. Today it tells you, yeah, what's wrong with staring at a nudie picture? I'm not doing anything with it. Well, Lamochar, it's going to tell you to do this. After that, do something else. Eventually, you're going to do Avodazara from that. Ikadi Amre, Amaravami, someone who allows himself to sort of fantasize in this way, he can't be with God. God doesn't want him. Because it says, Hashem, that's by air and onen. And it says in Tehillim, Kilo el Resha. God doesn't want the evil person. Ata, with God, will Yagur Ra. Ra, which is here sexual stuff, can't be with God together. And Rabbi Lazar the Amora said, What does it mean, Yedechem Domin Melu? Your hands are filled with blood? What do you mean your hands are filled with blood? You don't have blood on your hands, right? You killed someone. The blood isn't on your hands. Elu hamenafim biyad. It's in your hands because you're using your hand to pleasure yourself. That's why your hands are full of blood. Tanah debe Rabbi Yishmol. What does it say? Lo tinaf. Lo tinaf means don't have niuf in yourself. In other words, niuf, which is basically to, to have an adulterous affair, don't invent an adulterous affair in your brain while you're basically pleasuring yourself. That's why it says lo tinof, meaning bain biyad, bain barogel. So in other words, you're thinking about some married woman, but at the same time, you're pleasuring yourself. That's why it says lo tinof. Then the Gemara says, Tana Rabbanan, amasachem bitinokos ma'akvenes mashiach. So the Gemara says, what does it mean, Mesachim Betinokos? Does that mean Mishkav Zohar? We're talking about young boys? You're talking about penetrating young boys? You're Chayv Skiwa for that. That, does, that doesn't just not bring Mashiach. So that sounds like not penetration, but in some other orifice. Once again, the Gemara says, B'nai Mabel Nino. This is Rabbeinu Yonah's proof that that's B'nai Mabel. Ella, the Nosif Katnus, the Labanos of Udeninu. You marry girls that can't have children. Okay. Take all these Gemaras together. All right. Is the Gemara literally? The Gemara is definitely coming down very in a very strict manner on all of these activities. But can you codify that this is one of the things Yachai Misibide Shamayan? Yes, Rabbi Yochanan said that. But he also says it's like Avodazar. He also says it's like murder. Could that be true? Rabbeinu Yonah says yes, especially the way it's occurring. Now, it's true, Rabbeinu Yonah might disagree on level three, which is there's no other person involved. But the Mabel, he believes Chazal are right about the Mabel. But Raubag can answer and say, the Torah says the Mabel happened because of Hamas. Because they robbed everybody. They stole from people. 
right? His, or even if it was a hishkas kol basar, might mean bestiality, but not necessarily those type of activities that might be somewhat perverse, but it's not enough to bring the destruction of the planet to be of Misa. Raubad, believe me, is no, he's no Sybarist. Uh, he's not into sex at all. He's anti it. But he's not ready to, he's not ready to, to say that your of Misa, that, that, that God will kill you for it. He, he rejects that. Now, even though the Gemara says, B'nai Mabu Nino, is it really true? Right? The, the Achronim all ask this question as well. And the Aruch Lener gives an answer that, well, the fact that the Mabu was hot water had to do with Sheikh Fazer but the Mabu itself had to do with Hamas and everything else. Um, so you can see the Rabag's in good company here. Despite the Gemara, it, it doesn't necessarily affect him. The truth is, is that I think the reason why, I, I think the Rabag would have rejected the Gemara anyway as being, not rejected, he would have seen it as overkill in order to stop salacious negative behavior. And sometimes that's what Chazal does. Chazal don't always mean what they say. They, 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 they're, they're talking to sometimes the unlearned in order to scare them away from these activities. The Rambam in the Parish of Mishnayis actually uh, says this. The Rambam says that when he talks about some of these Surim Chazal have, one of the things, for example, they say you shouldn't use a woman to serve you. She shouldn't be your you're made. Okay. No matter what her age is. Because the reason is when she's coming and, and, and making your bed or, or, or taking care of your needs, you might think about her. But there's no makos, the Rambam says in this parish of Mishnayis. But we don't want you to have thoughts, so we tell you to stop doing that. But look at the Lashon of the Rambam here. Hirichu liyarei ulahavchid. Chazal go out of their way to scare, to cause people to quake of somebody who is maksha atzma ladas. Chazal use scary terms, the Rambam says, about them. He should be excommunicated. He, he is, he is of Misa. He, he brought death into them. He's a, the mobble. Why? Because they are trying to get us to stop. They want us to stay away from that. Now, it's, there's no makos of anything like it, the Rambam says. And that's the Rambam, the Parish of Mishnayis, and in the Halachos as well. Um, in the Hilchos Yisuribiyah, the Rambam says, he says, you can't be Motzi Shech it's also. You can't be Dosh B'Mifnim You can't marry a young girl. He says that these people who are the Rabbeinu Yonah's people, Menachem Biyad, Motzian Sheikh Vazera, right? Those people that we were talking about, the creeps, Lo It is Osir, no doubt. And Rabbah could agree to that. If someone does that, we consider him as if he is excommunicated. And there's a pasuk about him, and it's like he killed someone. Ukiilu harag nefesh, and it's also for a person. The Rambam says to have these bad thoughts and bring himself uh, to these erections. And if you do, the Rambam says, stop thinking about it. Think about Torah. Torah is the greatest thing. Therefore, you have to be careful the way you sleep as well. So, the point is, is that. It's a matter of degrees. The Rambam codifies it as Osir, but it is not, you're not Chayiv Misa. There's no Makos, there's no Misa Bideshanayim, none of that. Rabbeinu Yonah's approach, although it seems to be the simple Pshad in the Gemara, really is quite problematic, especially for people who have been Nikshal in this, people who have, uh, who have had a history in this way, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's very common. 
are going to run into this Rabbeinu Yonah and say, I'm I have a death sentence on me. And I'm as bad as Erba Onan. And, because, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to be destroyed. The Raubag and the Rambam have a much more measured way of looking at it. There's no condoning this. But it's definitely not in a way that it's counterproductive. <laughs> it can lead someone to think that, like, and again, there is the Zohar and other sources that back Rabbeinu Yonah up. But you can see here, I think, a very distinct, important, subtle difference between them in this area. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.